Welcome to the Relationship Cycle with Jorge and Nelsa, where we discuss dating and other significant relationships. Oh, hello. Hola, Poppy. How we are, are back. You? I am great. Anytime we're together doing a show, I'm in a happy place. So, and today is no exception. Oh my gosh, we're at show 11. Um, I think we forgot to celebrate, uh, Poppy, for show 10. We're going to have to go back and do a celebration. Yeah, I think a celebration is in order, but this is a great milestone for us. This is something that we've talked about that, hey, Let's see if we can get to 10, and we've already bypassed that, and now we are officially on show 11, and we have a great show in store for everyone, so I'm excited to really dig into this uh, discussion. Absolutely. Uh, Healing um, is what we're talking about today for our listeners, and uh, we have a great guest who's going to be with us um, to talk about, you know, you and I were just in conversation, you know, we weren't even in storyboard time, I think, when we came up with this topic. But really, you know, how do you get past old hurts, old traumas, old relationships in order to move forward into a healthy relationship? And I think for a lot of people, they want to be healed. They want to be better um, inside. But a lot of people just don't know how, you know, what are the real tools? And that's what we wanted to talk about today today. Um, so we're going to be um, especially interested, I am, uh, I know you are, uh, to hear what our guest is going to tell us. So um, we're going to bring our guest on in. Uh, you know, um, how's the dating scene going for you? Uh, waiting. Nothing too riveting at this point. I mean, I think it's probably TBD. Um, I'm, so I will tell you this. Uh, when it comes to dating, there's times where I will fall off the grid, whether it be because just of other things that I have going on or because I'm spending time with friends or family. So sometimes I'll take a two, three hiatus, th- two or three week hiatus, mm-hmm. or I just focus my attention on other things. And then, you know, when I can fit it in, I jump back on the horse, you know, but it's not like a job where it has to be <laughs> like a constant, you know, 24 seven thing to me is like, Hey, when, when it feels right and when it's appropriate I focus on it and when it's not I prioritize and you know I think that's such a healthy outlook too puppy because too often it's like you said you know it's almost like when people are trying to have a baby you know you're trying to get it in and it's the goal stops to being about the enjoyment and the pleasure but about we got to get this done we got to get this done you know doctors would say uh, that's not how it works you put too much stress on yourself and I think dating is very similar to that like if you um, are constantly in that needy, it's a place of need, I think, almost, right. where until you can get that worked out, it's not going to work the way you think, you know, you're not going to find that kind of happiness or that organic connection with somebody. But, you know, again, I think that all comes down to our topic today, um, you know, healing. So um, let us uh, take a quick break and we'll be back with our guest. Um, and I know you'll be introing our guests. So uh, we'll take a short break and be right back. Don't go away. Hello. Welcome to the party. Awesome. Uh, We are back and have our wonderful guest to join us. So uh, Jorge, why don't you introduce our um, 
our expert for today's topic? Well, we have uh, Miss H.M. Humphrey, and she is a licensed clinical mental health counselor. And so she has experience working with individuals and couples uh, with lots of different things, uh, including anxiety, depression, uh, bipolar, trauma, and relationship distress. And obviously, uh, the focus that we want to have today is to talk about some healthy ways to deal with romantic breakups. And I say romantic breakups because... Not everyone is in a quote-unquote traditional relationship. However, that does not mean that feelings and emotional attachment can manifest. So I definitely want to really focus on that. And also just everyday normal tips on how to keep a healthy mental state individually as a person. Right. And also, you know, we've talked about uh, HM and welcome to the show. Thank Uh, you. Thank you for being with us today. Absolutely. Uh, But even how do you get to a place to have a relationship um, or maintain one if you haven't really healed from, you know, past trauma, past, you know, even if it's not relationship based, you know, there are a lot of people that are walking around with family hurts that are impacting their relationships. But at any rate, um, just tell us a little bit about your background and uh, how, how you've managed to maybe help some couples to date. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, first of all, for having me on. It's really a pleasure to be with you today. And I love that you are asking these questions. They're such important questions and they're universally applicable to everyone, right? So I completely agree with um, your curiosity here, particularly what you said, Jorge, that, you know, maybe folks listening, a lot of us are not necessarily in. Uh, committed relationships or conventional relationships maybe maybe we are walking out of a relationship we're in that sort of breakup space and maybe floating a little bit around in the universe so to speak not sure um, what to make of it right so we're all in different stages and we're all in uh, different processes with ourselves and with each other and I love the questions and you know you ask Nelsa tell us like tell you a little bit about what I do and Um, I do see a variety of folks, individual and couples, but really my specialty area and my primary area of interest is working with couples. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what my training is in is really working with couples in relationship distress um, and helping folks to improve their communication. But really what that means for my purposes is identifying sort of underlying pain points Mm-hmm. And understanding and clarifying how that might be affecting the way that they show up in their current relationship. And let me ask you, let me ask you, HM. Um, and the reason how this topic came up for an idea as a show. Uh, so me and Nelson were speaking one day and within the world of dating or just casual conversation, I'll run into friends or even, you know, women that, you know, I come in contact with and, Oftentimes I'll hear that they're saying, hey, I'm focusing on me or I'm working on me or I'm trying to get myself together. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? Like, what does that really look like? Because 
we may be doing that, but that doesn't mean that it's really addressing the issue mm-hmm. and those unstable items that caused mm-hmm. those emotions. So mm-hmm. that's why we want your expertise to kind of bring some light mm-hmm. on these are healthy approaches or healthy coping mechanisms to get right, to get better so that you're not jumping from one toxic situation into the next. Yeah. So really really, really beautiful thing that you're picking up on there. And I say beautiful just because um, it's a really, it's a good question. So maybe I can just respond to what you're saying, Jorge, that even that hearing someone say, I'm working on me. I love your curiosity. You're like, what does that mean exactly? Mm -hmm. What does that really mean? And so sometimes, and there's nothing wrong with working on me, right? Like there's nothing wrong with that. And, and culturally we talk more and more about this idea of like, um, self-care and project self and there's nothing wrong with that if it helps right <laughs> if it helps <laughs> right yeah if we if we are if we are feeling stronger more confident in a genuine way in a healthy way right but i think sometimes working on me is really a kind of self-protective stance mm. to keep mm. us away from other people why because it's risky to be in relationship and sometimes we get hurt. So it's understandable that sometimes working on me is really me saying, I'll be over here doing my thing. I'm just gonna worry about me and I'm gonna be distant and withdrawn from other people if it feels risky. Mm. And I would say that probably some of that has to do with, you know, when you have gone through a traumatic experience, whether it be because of relationship base or you know, losing a job or death of a family or whatever else, um, there is a certain level of sadness and vulnerability and instability that comes with all those emotions and feelings. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's really important that we see that and, and just extend some compassion, you know, either to ourselves or to other people who are in that space because it's extremely painful. So, um, yeah, it's extremely painful. And maybe I can maybe I can just back up a little bit here and talk a little bit about this idea, if that would be helpful. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, one of the questions you had asked me earlier, um, Nelsa, off air, is really like your curiosity about, is there kind of a commonality um, for folks who are maybe out of a relationship in that sort of breakup space who are maybe having some trouble healing. And there absolutely is. And I would like to talk about this concept of raw spots. Um, And, you know, we all have, we all have this need to be in some kind of relationship, even if, even if it's not a conventional kind of partnership, right? Boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, Mm -hmm. wife. Even if that's not sort of true for somebody, we do still have a biological need to be in connection and relationship with somebody, right? We can't live in isolation. And so this concept of a raw spot um, is really like a hypersensitivity that gets formed if we've had like bad experiences repeatedly, Mm -hmm. right? And sometimes that comes from childhood, but it can certainly, raw spots can certainly be formed in adult relationships as well. Mm -hmm. And so, although I'm, you know, I'm mostly talking about this in terms of like uh, couple relationships, 
you could really honestly, this is still true in, you know, parent, parent, child, friend, friend, even like coworker, coworker or boss employee, right? Mm. Any kind of relationship, there is a potential to get burned or hurt or betrayed or whatever it is. So the, the commonality is that we all walk around with these raw spots and we're not always super aware of them, right? Like it's not that we're always like in active pain every day. Sometimes we're just living our lives and we feel all right. But, um, you know, raw spots, again, can be defined as hypersensitivity of places that are formed that are pain points. So if we go through a breakup, it's really normal. We all ask certain questions even if we're not consciously aware that we're asking them, nah. you know, we, we carry around these insecurities that ask, you know, am I valuable? Am I enough? Do my needs matter? Um, you know, am I important? Can I depend on another person mm-hmm. to be there for me when I'm in need? Am I too much? Am I wanted? Am I desired? Am I enough for my partner? Am I enough to make my partner happy? Am I enough to support my partner? And when, you know, so often when a relationship doesn't last, these are the kinds of insecurities where the volume just goes way up, right? Like mm. we experience um, maybe more doubt or more, more self-doubt, more uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And so one thing that we could think about, you know, is number one, just even recognizing that that's our experience, you know, and that sounds so obvious, but a lot of the time we're not super aware. We're not always super aware of these insecurities and for good reason, you know, some of us, maybe it's, um, there's almost not that it's necessarily conscious choice, but to kind of turn the volume down on our underlying insecurities Right. It's painful, right? I mean, it's just a sort of a psychological coping exactly. mechanism, right? Right. But I'm saying, and maybe this is a therapist thing to say, I'm suggesting that we gradually allow ourselves to look more at these pain points and not just avoid them. Mm. And, you know, um, I was a former educator, HM, and we talk a lot about, um, you know, your... Um, a score, you know, childhood traumas, that kind of thing, Yeah. how it, fo- how it forms us and how we move forward in our lives. And also about the amygdala, how that part of our brain, that primitive brain wants to protect us. So it, it's not that you're doing something to, you know, to intentionally harm yourself or keep yourself from moving forward, but we're wired to not put ourselves in a situation where there's harm. Mm-hmm. And even though it may not be physical harm all the time, even emotional harm creates those same sort of uh, reactions and responses inside of us, freeze, you know, flight, freeze, fawn, you know, all of those things, fight, whatever. Mm -hmm. But what in the course of working on yourself, what allows you to release that part of your brain to, to tell yourself. And I, I have been in this place, um, you know, dating for such a while now after being in a committed relationship for a long time, you know, first of all, the fear of, do I even know how to date, you know, comes up. And then 
once you keep running into relationships that don't make it or things are brought up that keep resurfacing that are patterns, then you're like, can I get free of that to even move forward into a relationship? Mm-hmm. But how do you, other than saying to yourself every day, which is something that I have done in my own work for self, um, you know, I'm safe. I'm okay. I'm, it's, it's, I'm lovable. You know, there's things that people do for affirmations, but really how does the, how do you, how do you dis, um, disconnect from those raw spots? You know, mm-hmm. I know you're saying to acknowledge them, that they're there, allow yourself to feel it. You know, are you sitting at home crying every day? Are mm-hmm. you, you know, are you in a right. therapist chair once a week? You know, specifically, right. can you tell us what are some things that you've suggested? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Let me back up for a second, because you've just said so much good information here. And I love that you're naming the fight or flight or freeze mechanism, because you're absolutely right. Like, it is normal that we go into more of a self-protective stance Mm -hmm. when we're in pain. That's actually a good thing, right? We are wired that way, and it's a good thing. And we need to also be aware of that. Right. We need to be aware of how that shows up for us and particularly in the relationship um, arena, you know, where we're talking about these relational raw spots. Mm-hmm. Am I valuable? Am I enough? Am I wanted? All those questions. There's usually there's it's typical that we would feel really anxious if those raw spots are getting chafed. Right. Or if they're really um, kind of alive and active in us. Mm-hmm. Most of us would typically get anxious. For some folks, that's really obvious. For other folks, it's maybe the volume's lower on it. Um, But we typically will begin to do certain things if we're struggling to deal with these raw spots. So one typical reaction would be to get demanding or clingy in a relationship. Mm And Mm. another typical reaction would be to get withdrawn or shut down or uh, kind of unresponsive. Mm -hmm. And so there can be a mixture of things that we do too, but just to keep it really simple, those are two predictable moves that we might get stuck in if our fight or flight or freeze mechanism is getting activated because of those underlying raw spots, which have not yet healed. So we want to be aware of what it is that we tend to do when we're in that place. Mm -hmm. And you are naming, Nelsa, you're naming a lot of beautiful examples of um, kind of self-soothing, self-regulatory skills and practices, which are awesome. You know, you named a lot of different things, like the way that you speak to yourself. You're really trying to practice that compassion. Um, I'm safe. I'm okay. I'm here now. Right. Those kinds of things are really, really helpful for in the moment regulation. Mm -hmm. If you're starting to feel like quite um, anxious or activated, like it's normal to feel even panicky. Right. If these kind of raw spots are getting um, getting chafed, which is just an indication of how important it is for us to be able to feel safe in relationships. So, and by safe, I mean like um, confident as well, right? Not just like physical right. safety. Not um, questioning yourself as right, things going right. well and self-sabotaging. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you asked like beyond that, what, what can be done? And so there is that self-regulatory piece that you're naming, but it cannot be done. You can't be healed in a vacuum, right? We just, none of us can. And so 
it requires us not to completely avoid relationship either. Mm. Like you need to practice maybe? Yeah, you need to. It, healing comes through connection as well. Mm-hmm. So even if you're not in a romantic partnership, you can still practice healing through connection, right? I mean, think about like a good friend. There's room, you know, to, to um, kind of share about these underlying pain points and to just ask for the kind of reassurance or comfort, you know, that we might need. Comfort's a big deal. We, we need that. And so that's a piece of this too, right, is this healing doesn't happen in a vacuum. Relational healing does not happen in a vacuum. It just can't. The math doesn't work, right? Like relational mm-hmm. healing has to involve another person. So, and I, can I, I want to reiterate that too mm-hmm. for the listeners because in case somebody missed that, you know, I always say uh, we need to repeat that for the person in the back. <laughs> you cannot heal in a vacuum. You cannot be by yourself forever and think that you're going to heal because you're almost... It sounds to me the way you're describing it, HM, is like people are really nursing the hurt as opposed to getting through it. Like we're going to keep that Band-Aid on and that wound is still going to be up under a little bloody mess if we don't take the Band-Aid off and allow ourselves to get connected again. And not just saying that you got to jump from one relationship to another, Mm -hmm. because I think that's a whole nother Mm -hmm. issue in itself and probably another show for another day. But, you know, reconnecting with family and friends, reconnecting you know, through volunteer work, doing something where there are other people that you can safely reenter life with humans. But I know there's so many people that I know personally who are so, you know, I don't need a man. You know, there's so many women that have that mentality or I don't need another person. I got this. I'm, I can do me. Mm-hmm. And it's such a defensive sound when they say it. It's almost like, Ooh, you know, mm-hmm. there's still a lot of unresolved issues. So I appreciate you even putting that out there because I think sometimes that I do, I'm doing me mentality means to isolate, right. to pull back, to hide, you know, do whatever it takes to not get hurt. But you, you're never going to heal in that, in that loneliness. Like it creates a sort of loneliness, I think. It does. Very isolating. Yeah. It's very isolating and you're using the right kind of language here, you know, that it, that it can be a defensive position, self-protective position, right? And so right. this is always the relationship dilemma is that we do need to be in relationship with people. We do need connection. We need to be known and to feel known and we need to know others. And yet we also need to feel safe and protected. And so there's just always an inherent risk in being in really any kind of relationship, if it's real, if it's meaningful, if it's of substance, right? Right. There's always a risk and we cannot avoid risk. That would be worse. It would be worse to be in isolation. Um, So, yeah, so it is wanting to be aware, you know, of what that, what it looks like or feels like in our bodies, even when we are in more so of that self-protective position and just very gradually learning how to take some small risks when, you know, so an example of this might be like, you've gone through a breakup and you're really, really hurting and you're really struggling with self-confidence and maybe you're, maybe that raw spot is really asking, am I that 
desirable? You know, do people want to be with me? Am I too much for other people? Mm. And you might feel your body, you know, you may feel that very loudly on the Mm -hmm. inside, but you may feel very, very reluctant to actually vocalize, even to like a good friend. You might be very hesitant to vocalize that, yes, I'm having this insecurity ever since my, my breakup happened. So that will be a great moment just to notice that like, man, I'd love to be able to talk about this pain and maybe get a little comfort from my friend. But I also notice that it's hard to say it out loud. So that might be a great moment, you know, particularly if you're pretty sure that your friend would respond well. It's Mm -hmm. kind of a low risk, right? Right. But that would be a great moment to just try and take that opportunity to say, I'm still hurting over this, really struggling with some self-doubt. Could I tell you a little bit about it and just receive some comfort from your friend? So that would be an example, right? Mm -hmm. Of like actively trying to take some risk. When does a person need to see a therapist, you think? When is it from, I've got this, I'm moving forward. And when do you feel like there are real underlying issues that maybe you need a professional to help you get through it. Mm -hmm. I think it's a little different for every person, right? There's no sort of like perfect formula for that. Mm -hmm. But I do get a lot of clients who come in where they recognize, they get to a point where they recognize, okay, this is really hurting. And I'm maybe I'm seeing a pattern in past relationship experiences And sometimes they'll come in because they know that they want to work their way back to a relationship again in the future, hopefully, but they also know that they're, they're not open to it. Right. So Mm -hmm. they're self, they're in self-protected land and they're not quite ready to Mm -hmm. take the risk, but they want, they know that they want to go in that direction. So they need some more support and they haven't maybe quite figured out kind of how to be open and be willing to take the risk. So I think particularly if you're, if you're just feeling really scared, you know, if you're feeling quite anxious about the whole question, it might be a good moment to think about uh, working with a relationship therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, again, part of it's sometimes people, we, we can look back and we can see patterns of how we show up in relationship. And we know that we don't just want to get stuck in the same cycles or the same patterns moving forward. Uh, And so when people come to me in that instance, we want to really think about identifying the self-protective moves that they get stuck in Mm -hmm. and then figuring out how to, how to do a different move, basically, right. How to take more risk, how to do it in a way that's genuinely vulnerable, uh, not attacking other people, right. But taking ownership taking that humble risk to be vulnerable and to, to ask for more of what they need. So that sounds great on paper. Some of that, you know, if it's, if somebody's in it has started a dating relationship and finding that they're repeating old patterns, then it's really great if both partners can come in and we can understand how, how now we have two people who maybe are carrying some raw spots that are getting triggered going into their fight or flight or freeze, getting stuck in self-protective moves. It can be really helpful, you know, to do couples therapy in that case 
um, so that we can figure out how are you guys getting stuck and how let's figure out how to learn some new moves in this place. So HM, let me ask you, um, cause I, I, I hear this all the time where people break up with people and they still try to remain friends or try to remain close with each other. And I would say that, you know, there's a couple of caveats. Like it's, if there's children involved, then mm-hmm. it's understandable that that com- communication or connection still needs to be there. Or maybe if there's a business involved that they were a part of or whatnot, then, then those are understandable. But mm-hmm. oftentimes a lot of people try to hold on to those toxic individuals, even if they're not dating them or romantically with them. Can you tell me your thoughts on the risk of that and why people tend to do that still? Yeah, it's, it's a really good question. And I think I agree with you, Jorge, that it does depend on the situation, you know, and like holding on to a relationship, even on a friendship level, is not always a bad thing. It, it really just depends on how, you know, to use your word toxic, right? It depends on um, kind of what the dynamic actually is, right? And I think one thing that would maybe helpful to ask ourselves in situations like that is why am I still holding on to this? Like, mm-hmm. what am I getting from it? You know, what's the usefulness of this for me? But also, what is it costing me to really hold on to this? And mm. that can be helpful. You know, if we're holding on, there's usually good reason. There's often maybe a sense of validation or sometimes completely letting go might feel scarier than even holding on to something that doesn't feel super great. That's right. how the devil you know is better than the one you don't right. yeah, well, because also being in isolation is like the worst feeling ever it's so counterintuitive to how we're really designed so yeah i think there's a there it really depends on the situation but generally trying to reflect on what are the good reasons that i'm really holding on to this even if it's just it helps me to not be so panicked at the mm. thought of completely letting go. Well, you know what? I would view that as like a, a valid reason for why you might be holding on. But then, of course, asking this question of, yeah, but also what is it costing me yeah. to stay here? And that's a really good question, right? Because there may be there may be all kinds of things, all kinds of limitations or even um, detrimental effects of really holding on to something. Mm. That's um, that's pretty deep, uh, HM. And I know I've sometimes, you know, I always like to use myself as an example to let people know that they're not alone in what they're yeah. going through. But I know I've been in places where it felt better to just stay connected than yeah. start over. You know, sometimes, mm-hmm. um, and I can say this as a woman anyway, I don't know how other women might feel, but sometimes you think, you know, I've gotten older, I may not be mm-hmm. the same you know, youthful age that, you know, most of the dating singles are. So are there really people looking for, you know, a 40 something year old, you know, divorced mother of of three and what that entails, you know? (laughs) Um, And I think that really is a part of that taking inventory 
of who you are, what you have to offer, and it really how you're wanting to connect. Like, you know, I'm not going out looking for uh, somebody who is, you know, ready for children or youthful and want to do everything, clubbing and all that kind of stuff. But I think sometimes we go into our our younger stage when we're thinking about dating, but dating looks different as you mature, as you go through experiences and I don't know, um, taking stock of what you want as opposed to, you know, I've been very externally motivated a lot in my life and I'm starting to, you know, really sit in my own mind and really sit in my own desires and stop wondering if somebody will want me and starting to think, do I want you? <laughs> you know? That's right. Yeah. I just think sometimes mm-hmm. that, that power dynamic is a part of the healing process mm-hmm. too, where mm-hmm. you don't feel very powerful after you've gone through something, but learning to start seeing yourself as, you know, as a victor and not a victim, yeah. you know, not putting yourself in the role of poor pitiful me, but like you said, showing compassion, of course, and, um, being authentic about things, but, you know, really moving forward has to do with what you want in this season of your life. I often think not being selfish, but mm-hmm. really being self-motivated, yeah. um, I suppose is the word, but, yeah. um, at what point, at what point, um, and I think healing is a, is a cycle. So don't think I'm asking this in a linear fashion at all, mm-hmm. but you know, at what point can a person, really acknowledge or or become aware that yeah I've healed from some of this because I think we often talk about the hurt mm-hmm. but then we don't recognize how far we've come from where we were right yeah absolutely yeah I mean I think there's a lot of different um signals you know or signs that might let somebody know that they're healing I mean even what you're just describing here now so it sounds like a very much a growth mentality right so this is a change right you could look back and think like oh I'm thinking a little bit differently about myself and relationship than I was maybe right after my the ending of that other relationship you know having some awareness and confidence of what it is that you have unique things to offer and that you could offer and really be a gift to somebody in their life. And that there's certain needs that you have as well, right? I mean, I heard that you're, you're kind of saying, what is it that I want? So you're identifying even your own longings, which is probably connected to certain things that you feel that you need. And that's really healthy. That's really healthy. So you know, your question of um, like, how do we know that we've healed? I mean, I think it's, I agree with you. It's always in process. Um, you know, there may be part of us that's like, that does still feel insecure, even though we are growing and we are stronger. Those raw spots never really completely go away and we don't need them to. But we know that we are healing when we don't, we're not just only sort of steeped in that pain all the time. You know, mm. we're having other thoughts too, like maybe, maybe I do have things to offer. And you know what? I know that I have things to offer. So it's not a linear process, um, but you can see a lot of it in, in your thinking, if that makes sense, the way I'm saying that. Yes, absolutely. And I just, I feel like that needed to be brought out for people because there probably are people listening to this right now who think, I'm not ready, I'm not ready, I'm not ready. But yeah, you are. Um, mm-hmm. 
it doesn't mean that you're ready to just go from point A to Z, but mm-hmm. you might be ready to go to B next, right. or C, you know, yeah, or baby steps sometimes, but that still means you're making forward progress. Right. Honoring that, I think, is so important. Um, yeah. That's how you keep moving forward by seeing how yeah. you've grown and, and how much how much stronger you have gotten. Absolutely. Yeah. And I will just say one more thing to that as well, which is that don't forget that you're not the only person who's been through something hard and who has to grow. I mean, like everybody is in a process Mm -hmm. like that to some degree, right? True. So it's, it's not like, um, I think sometimes we really do feel overwhelmed in our pain. And we do feel really isolated, like we're the only person in the world who's really dealing with this stuff, it's just not true. And so often, you know, you will get into another relationship and we find that our partner has maybe similar experiences. Even if contextually they've never been through a breakup or whatever, they're still going to have raw spots. You know, they're still going to have their own insecurities and we work together, right? This is very much like a two-way street um, where we need each other. So not alone. Let me ask you something, HM, just to kind of give our audience, uh, some things to maybe consider or, uh, focus on. So if I am your, uh, patient and I come to you and I say, Hey, uh, I just went through a divorce and I'm trying to move forward with my life. Uh, what would you recommend? What's a couple of healthy tips that you would recommend to put me on that path of moving forward and moving on with my life, so to speak? Mm -hmm. Because oftentimes, uh, let's be clear, like I can heal uh, at a certain rate and then the next person may take several months or years to heal. Uh, so there's no exact science as far as the timing goes, but I'm curious what are some useful tools that people can focus on and put in the work for? Yeah, it's a great question and depends on person to person, of course. But, um, you know, one thing I would be, I would want to know, like if you came to me as my client, one thing I'd want to be asking you about as well is like, do you have, how confident are you moving forward? Right. And so if you said, well, actually, I get really afraid that I'm going to fall into this pattern or I get really afraid about X, Y, Z, you know, relationship fears, then I would want to work on that, too. Right. So I would want to kind of find out where things aren't feeling so good. And I would want to work with that. And, you know, that goes back again to some of the things that we've been talking about here. You know, some of the tips are like I love Nelsa again. I love your examples of how you speak to yourself, right? Like addressing your fear, I am safe. Um, So some of the tools are really around like this relationship with self, the way that you speak with yourself, the way that you regulate yourself if you're feeling overwhelmed. Um, And then moving forward, if we kind of zoom out, you know, I think generally as well, like there's just, you have to also have a sense of what's, what matters for you in your world. So for most people, you know, that kind of comes down to personal values, um, you know, personal goals, maybe having meaningful social connection, being in relationship is such a big deal. So again, it's kind of been said before, but 
one thing that I would encourage folks to think about is where can I, where do maybe my relationships need strengthening um, or am I needing new community? You know, how can I get out there and make connection, genuine Mm. connection with people, even if it's not romantic. Um, But we know we're in a good spot. Like we know we're in a healthy place when we're feeling some kind of inspiration to create and I don't just mean like paintings. I mean like creating connection with other people. Uh, maybe we have goals that we're looking to work towards. Um, you know, we when we're in that more of that like curious, creative kind of place, that's when we know that our system is not in the fight or flight or freeze. Mm. That's awesome. HM, it has been remarkable having you here how can people get in touch uh, with you or your agency out there in case they are ready to take that next step maybe to to heal even further with some support yeah that's great thank you so people can go to connectcouplestherapy.com that's the name of the practice that I work for and um, again that's connectcouplestherapy.com and there's clear links to you know putting a request for speaking with a counselor, if that's something you'd like. We do have um, online counseling and in-person counseling available. Oh, awesome. So that means that they could be from anywhere and still get your services, correct? That's right. Yep. And I personally offer completely virtual counseling. So if you are in the state of North or South Carolina, I can be of help to you. But we have other folks in other places who can be helpful too. Terrific. Yeah. Uh, and I will also say, too, that we do connect couples therapy every month. We do um, a series of free workshops for people. So wow. You're really? Very awesome. welcome. Yep. It's, you're very yeah. welcome to come and join, you know, sit in on these workshops. There's a number of different topics. I have one every month that's about um, a lot of what we're talking about here today. It's about huh? pursuers and withdrawers within relationship. Hmm. So a um, lot of resources here for you. We also have a, a blog where we routinely put out some material for folks to access. Well, I can tell you that um, I will definitely be recommending you and your services to people that I come across who maybe think that they could benefit from, you know, getting professional counseling. Um, I think it's important in today's society to get to a point where, uh, therapy should be looked on as a positive move mm-hmm. or a step forward. I yeah. think oftentimes um, before it would be seen uh, from a negative perspective, mm-hmm. but I want people to actually embrace and see therapy as a way of, hey, I'm getting a handle on this and I'm trying mm-hmm. to work and move forward and better myself. Absolutely, Poppy. Absolutely. But HM, thank you again for being with us today. We will have the uh, connectcouplestherapy.com listed in our show notes uh, here on Anchor in the description or on Spotify. Um, And again, this has been um, one of the best shows I think uh, we've had to date just because I think this is something that people are really looking forward to doing. Like, how can I heal so folks we hope this has been helpful to you uh poppy and hm it's been a great show and we'll catch you next time thank you Uh, so much we will definitely have to do a part two at some point yes that sounds uh, great 
we really enjoyed uh, your company and your knowledge and your richful conversation. So thank you so much. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. We'll catch you next time here on the Relationship Cycle with Jorge and Nelsa. Thanks for joining us today on the Relationship Cycle with Jorge and Nelsa. Do you have show ideas? Email us at jorgeandnelsa at gmail.com. Follow us on Spotify or anchor.fm for more great shows.